Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Cubby's Crib podcast, Climbing the Ivy on the Fan Sided Network. This is your host, Alex Pat, alongside my co host, Adam McGinnis. The call number tonight is 646 564 9872. That's 646 564 9872. On tonight's episode, baseball is back. We are about a week in. There's mass hysteria around Cubs Dumb. The team is two and three, not exactly the start that we were anticipating. The last game in Cincinnati was rained out, but we're still five games in. We have a lot to talk about, and we also want to talk a little bit about what's to come in Milwaukee, as that's where they will be heading for a four-game series Thursday through Sunday. Well, Adam, how are you doing today? Howdy, Alex. I'm doing well, thanks. Good, good, very good. Okay, so... Let's go back to the very beginning of the season, opening day, the magical day that we've been waiting for all winter. It happened. It was one of the better stories of the Cubs, even though there were a few not so good things. But overall, it was an 8-4 win, and it got off to a bang. Ian Happ swinging at the very first pitch of the season and hitting a home run. Also at home runs from Schwarber and Rizzo. What did you like in that opening game? Uh, man, how about that Ian Happ home run? What a way to start the season. That was and pretty cool. shout out to Bleacher Nation's Michael Cerami for jumping in Lake Michigan, as he <laughs> promised. <laughs> I, a man of his word. Yeah, and he did it quick, too. And I was kind of half expecting him to get like a full body you know, scuba suit or something because it was cold that day. It had to have been yes, really cold. Water. But yeah, that half home run was awesome. That was a no doubter too, upper deck, I think. So mm-hmm. it was good to see him get off to the, a hot start like that, but boy, it kind of fell apart afterwards. Yeah, it has a lot of strikeouts, a lot of rough at bats. Um, he has drawn a few walks, but still there's more to be done with him at leadoff. There's already question about the leadoff spot and we'll get back to that in just a sec. But um, other things I kind of wanted to talk about in that game, uh, obviously the pitching was a story because John Lester did not look very sharp. Um, yeah, there were some batters where he did get squeezed, but when you looked at his actual stuff, the velocity was down, the movement wasn't there. They had a 4 nothing lead evaporate. They did eventually win, but at John Lester, he only lasted about, what was it, three and, three and a third innings. Uh, three and a third, three, got yeah. pretty messy. Yeah, it got pretty messy pretty quick. Uh, what were your thoughts on John Lester that day? It was disappointing, but again, I'm not at a point where I think we should be overreacting to this. Um, the velocity, I'm not too terribly concerned with. I think we all kind of expected it to be lower than it has been. He is 34. That's just what happens to pitchers in their mid-30s. But I think he'll come along as the season goes. It takes some time for people to get the feel for their pitches, and he knows what he has to work on. He's never been a starter who relies too heavily on speed. Uh, He's always been kind of a placement guy, and I think he'll get it figured out. 
Yeah, I think that's the consensus by a good number of people, not necessarily everyone, but I think a lot of people would say that. And another point that somebody made on one of the other shows I do, he said that he'd be a bit more worried if the velocity wasn't there in spring training because the velocity was there in spring training. So, you know, maybe it was just a day where he wasn't feeling it. I know sometimes the start of a season in a very different environment can be, you know, put as much stock in that as you will. But, yeah, I don't think it's the right time to just fully give up on him yet, though we do really want him to improve that fairly quickly. Um, Also, with that game, you had the bullpen have to come in and do a lot of work, but they did efficient work. They didn't let up a run. Steve Ciszek looked really good. What did you think of him? I was really excited to see him. I love quirky pitchers like that who throw sidearm, almost underhand, kind of sinker-looking pitches. But uh, Ciszek was a really good addition to the bullpen. I think he's going to be dynamite for him this season. The bullpen overall has just been really impressive so far. Yeah, it really has. And we'll talk more about the bullpen in detail in just a bit. Uh, So, I mean, that pretty much sums up opening day. You had your highs, you had your lows, but in the end it was a win. And then the rest of the Marlins series was kind of a ball of frustration. They lost a 2-1 to 17-inning game in which they stranded a lot of base runners. Uh, they probably could have won the game in regulation. They probably could have won the game in extra innings they had. The Marlins ended up winning. And Eddie Butler, that was the story. He got hooked with the loss. I don't think that's fair. I think baseball is so cruel like that. Um, that's really kind of the main thing I want to talk about from that game. What were your thoughts on Eddie Butler? He was a workhorse that night. He really saved the Cubs in a big way, saving uh, some of those guys from having to pitch. But, yeah, seven innings, four hits, just one run, five strikeouts. And, yeah, it was really unfortunate that he had to take the loss because he sure didn't deserve it. No, he didn't. I mean, that was a gutsy performance. And it was like he made a start, essentially. A quality start as well. He pitches command. Yeah, Hendricks good. only pitched six innings that day, so right. Eddie Butler went longer than the starter did. Yes, he did. You don't see that very often. So a lot of props to him. His fastball looks good. He was throwing in the mid to slight upper 90s, around 95. I think he might have touched 96 a few times, but he was mainly between like 93, 95 for the most part. He was locating it well. He got some swings and misses, some ground balls, some pop-ups. So he did a very efficient job there. Uh, It's just too bad that he was saddled with the loss. Uh, And then they uh, won the next game, also in extras in the 10th inning. Zobris did a go-ahead base hit to give them the lead in a 6-6 tie in the 10th inning. For some reason, that scenario sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? Yeah, I wonder where uh, we saw that last. Eh, I don't know. Probably nothing important. Maybe it was like a spring training game or something. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, and then... The last game of the series, stranded, two guys, one out, or two guys, no out, several times. Quintana brought a no-hitter into the fifth inning, and then the wheels just came off, and they ended up losing 6 to nothing. And that's really when you saw a lot of the, the panic and hysteria come about. Um, there, there's, there's really no need for panic or hysteria, but... You know, I'll definitely agree. That was frustrating as hell. What were your thoughts after that series as a whole? 
it was frustrating, and yeah, everybody's allowed to be frustrated, but I'm going to pull an Aaron Rodgers here and just say relax. It's still way too early to be freaking out about this kind of thing. Don't hit the panic button yet. Uh, Joe Madden touched on this a little bit, too. The Cubs didn't hit poorly in that shutout loss to the Marlins. They had eight hits and some hard-hit balls that were out, too. But, yeah, runners in scoring position is kind of what plagued them, and that's been an Achilles heel for the Cubs for quite a while, even while they've been good. And you know the stats about the RISP. They're all over Twitter. They're all over social media. I think that it'll all even out eventually because – you're going to strand a lot of runners on base when you get a lot of runners on base. And let's face it, the Cubs are a big on-base team. Um, Though for the first few games, they stranded runners in big opportunities. And unfortunately, that did cost them some wins. But we're only five games in, and things will, should get better. So when we talk about the first five games, the one last thing I wanted to touch on in the game so far was that one nothing loss in Cincinnati frustrating as all hell from an offensive side. Eddie Butler's start, though, was, as I said, interesting, but typical. And what I mean by that is he got so many ground ball outs. He was, for, for a fifth starter, he was efficient. Six innings is pretty efficient under 100 pitches. But he also walked six guys. But that is what you kind of expect Tyler Chatwood. Chatwood has a high walk percentage just in his career. He's always dealt with the command. One of the reasons is is because he has so much movement on his pitches. It's harder to, to command that. But the spin rate and the movement has been called elite, and that does get some swings and misses, and for the most part, just rolling over on the ground. So do you kind of see what I mean by the strange but typical from Tyler Chatwood? Yeah, and I'm not really concerned. You know, he is a high walk rate guy, but six walks a game, obviously that's going to have to come down a little bit. Six walks and only one run is not sustainable. But if you are a high walk rate kind of guy, you can get away with that on this Cubs team because Javi Baez and Addison Russell is maybe the best defensive infield in baseball. And Chris Bryant's He's no uh, joke over at third base either. Anthony Rizzo is great at scooping balls. So he's got a really good defense behind him, but the walks are going to have to come down a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I'm not saying that six walks is acceptable, but it was almost kind of no surprise to me when he walked a lot of guys in his first start as a Cub. He typically walks a lot, and especially when you're making your first start on a new team, you expect some command issues there because I mean it really looked like it was going to be a disaster in the first inning he walks the first two guys and he really wasn't even close then he made some great pitches to Joey Votto and then he eventually got out of the inning I think with a double play ball it was a ground ball um so yeah he wanted to cut down on the walks but it was a good sign seeing him get a lot of ground balls and weak contact I believe the hardest thing hit was the triple that set up the one and only run of the ball game And unfortunately, that wasn't played very well by Hap. Instead of playing it off the wall, he tried to go back and get it. That bounced off the wall and away from him, causing Eugenio Suarez to make it all the way to third base. And the ground out scored the run. Um, So that was probably the hardest thing the Reds hit. Um, Other than that, he he did some pretty good things despite the walks. So that pretty much brings – I'm sorry, go ahead. 
Yeah, and I was just going to mention, too, that Chatwood got away with uh, walking two guys before Votto twice in a row. He did that two times, and it and it, they got out of it unscathed both times, which was really odd. I, you, you walk two guys ahead of Joey Votto, and I just felt like it was about to collapse on them, but somehow he pulled a rabbit out of his hat. Yeah, I know. That really is something. I think he held him to what? I don't know. I don't remember if he faced him three times or four times, but he kept him hitless. That was really impressive. He yeah, really Votto went over four. Votto. That's a great point. He really, really locked it down in the middle of the order there, and that was one of the main reasons that he only gave up the one run. It's just unfortunate yeah. they couldn't win. And another thing I'd mentioned too is, you know, fans were really frustrated with the shutout for the Cubs lineup, not scoring any runs as they should be. That is frustrating. They should be scoring runs on the Reds, but that Tyler Malley guy for the Reds, I don't think he's somebody to uh, scoff at. He's 23 years old. He was fantastic in the Reds minor league system. And I think he's going to be a really good pitcher because it's easy to assume that every Reds pitcher is a trash can, but I don't think Tyler Malley is. Yeah, they uh, the Reds have done some interesting work the past few years. They've been able to try to groom some pitching prospects, and I think he's one of their better ones. One of my friends who's a Reds fan, uh, he was telling me about him, and he said that he was throwing no-hitters and perfect games in the minors. And if you go back and watch what he did against the Cubs, he was doing some really, really good things. He was locating the ball on the outside corner with perfection. A lot of those strike three calls that the Cubs took, it's almost like you couldn't do anything about it. They were just so well located. You just got to tip your hat to the pitcher. What was really frustrating was the first inning, they got two guys on with one out, and they really couldn't do anything with that. You, you figure if they would have been able to do something with that, the outcome of the game would have been better. Yeah, that's been really tough on the Cubs. I can't remember who it was on Twitter. I think it might have been Sahadev Sharma tweeted out that so far this season, the Cubs have only brought someone in to score once when they've had a runner on third with less than two outs. Yeah, it's it's been a struggle so far, but like we said, we're only five games in. We've seen some instances where in those situations, there have just been some dog at-bats or there have been at-bats where they get pitches to hit and they miss. Or there have just been times where I think a perfect example was the first inning of the last Marlins game. Two guys hit the ball right on the button, but unfortunately they were for outs. So Babbitt always evens out. I think they'll make some adjustments here. Let's just hope it gets figured out sooner or later. Um, okay, so one thing I wanted to go back and talk about a little bit was the Cubs pitching. We mentioned kind of how the bullpen has worked really hard but really efficiently, and our starters that on paper are really good, they've had some struggles their first time through. Was there anybody that kind of stood out to you as saying, wow, that really needs to get better, or do you, are, are you just not really worried at all and you think everything will put in place? Well, for me, Lester was the one that really I thought he needs to get some stuff figured out. Darvish mm -hmm. had a pretty rough first start, but I think that's kind of typical for you, Darvish. He tends to get off to a slower start, and apparently he's got some 
some nervousness issues in the beginning of the season. But you know, Jose Quintana looked good for a lot of the game. He just had one really tough inning. Otherwise, his stuff looked good. He was getting outs. He was efficient. But yeah, I'm not too worried about the rotation as a whole. I think it's just too early to be hitting the panic button for anyone. I think they'll start to get a better feel for their pitches as time goes yeah, that's my hope, too. I just think that what worry a lot of people naturally is we saw the same issue with the starting rotation last year, and it lasted pretty much a whole half. And that's something we don't want to see again. Um, so there's probably just a little bit more amped worry right there, even though I think it's probably too early to draw that conclusion that'll be the same way again. If it's mid-May and this is still going on, then yeah, I'm going to be a bit more worried. But first time through, I think also what amplified the frustration is that it was against like the Marlins, other than the Tyler Chatwood start. Just not a good baseball team that was being really pesky. And the Cubs starters just couldn't put guys away. And I think that the stat that kind of annoyed me the most was uh, from Lester to Chatwood, this is all five guys, 18 walks in 25.2 innings. I mean, that just has to be better. And you're going to play some better opponents coming up. You're going to play Milwaukee for four. You're going to finally go back to Wrigley Field. And though I don't think the Pirates are true contenders, you know, they've been playing pretty well so far. So that just has to get better. Yeah, and I feel confident that that walk rate is going to get better. And I would mention, too, with John Lester, he had a pretty rough year last year, but you have to keep in mind that was his first full season without his personal catcher, David Ross. So I think now that he's got one full year with Wilson Contreras under his belt, he'll have a little bit better pitcher-to-catcher chemistry with him this time around. I think that could help a little bit. 